What a powerful beginning that piece has. Very ominous in the low register there in the strings. Uh, such a sharp attack in the basses too. It happens to be their low E string, which I'll talk about again in just a moment. That dynamic opening is part of a piece called Partials by French composer Gérard Grisset, one of the founders of spectral music. Welcome to Relevant Tones. My name is Seth Bostead, and spectral music is the subject of the show today. The two composers most associated with spectral music are Gérard Grisset, who we heard a little bit of there in the opening, and Tristan Murai. The basic principle in spectral music is to take a mathematical analysis of some element of sound and use that as the basis of the piece. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the harmonic series. I don't want to get too technical here, but every pitch that we hear in music actually contains overtones of other pitches much like color. There's no such thing really as a pure color. They all have other colors inside of them. So it is with music. And the harmonic series um, are, are exact frequency ratios. So if you have a pitch and if you double its frequency ratio, you get an octave, which is considered the first overtone or partial or also called a harmonic. Um, hence, we call it the harmonic series. The next in the series is an open fifth. And beyond that is a major third. And so what we get is a major chord. And one of the reasons that the major chord is heard in all societies around the earth is uh, because of these natural relationships. In fact, Pythagoras, centuries and centuries ago, figured out that if you plucked a string, you get a pitch, of course. If you divide the string in half, you'll get an octave. Each of the two resulting um, halves of the string will be an octave higher than the original string. And if you divide it in thirds, you get a fifth. So these are exact mathematical relationships that exist in nature. And they fascinated the spectral composers. The um, piece that we just heard there, Partials, and we'll listen to more of it in a moment, is uh, using the harmonic series on E. So he actually did a spectral analysis of the, uh, the attack of a low trombone on this low E, and then he used it as the basis for the orchestral piece. So we hear the basses come in there on that E, which um, also happens to be their lowest open string, so they can really give it a nice, very resonant attack that's going to ring a lot. And then we hear the octave, then we hear the fifth, and then we hear the third. You can really hear that progression, and that's going to form the entire basis for the piece. Before we have a listen to a little bit more of partials, though, I thought it would be fun to listen to the sound sources that Grisey is using. So we're going to listen to the harmonic series based on this low E that he had sampled from a trombone. Here is the low E itself. And now the E an octave higher, the first partial. And now the B, a fifth higher than that. And finally, we'll have the G sharp, the major third, two octaves and a third higher than the fundamental. Let's listen now to a little bit more. We'll have an excerpt of the piece Partials, and I think you'll hear exactly where the pitches are coming from.
Just listen to an excerpt of Partials, a piece by French composer Gerard Griset, performed for us by the Symphony Orchestra of Cologne, Stefan Asbury conducting. Well, I hope it was uh, very easy for you to hear there. Um, I mean, it's the exact pitches that I played on the test tone, <laughs> um, the ex- exact harmonic overtones that he's using as the entire basis for this piece. I think the spectral music was sort of discovered, so to speak, in, in a couple of different countries, in, in certainly Germany and France at the same time. To me, it, it seems very, very French in nature. French composers have always been so interested in color and timbre. We had Debussy who would write, uh, he, he would leave the third out entirely, right? Just the root, the fifth, and the root in a lot of his chords, uh, which actually a rock guitarist today call power chords. <laughs> um, but the reason he did that is he didn't want the major minor implications. He would stack his chords up in fourths sometimes. He, he uh, used whole tone scales. He listened to music from the East because he didn't want this development. He didn't want um, leading tones and things to resolve the way that they were supposed to. And then you jump up to the music of Messiaen, another French composer, a little bit later on in history, and he's very interested in birdsong, and he's very interested in, in spirituality, and he's certainly not interested in, in Western development or um, strict tonality. And then we get to Boulez with his serialism and total serialism, and, and he's actually devised a sort of mathematical format that allows him to avoid tonality entirely. Tonality is not even an option now. We've got rigorous atonality. And now we get to the music of Gerard Grisset, who's also using mathematics. But of course, uh, in this case, I think it's a sort of uber tonality um, because he's, he's using the most basic form of tonality, the overtone series. But again, it's all very color-based, and that's what he's looking for is timbre. So it's a very natural outgrowth. Parcels is part of a large piece that Grisset wrote called Les Espaces Acoustiques, or The Acoustic Space. I want to have a listen to a piece that he wrote right after this big project called Talia. In this piece now, he's using multiple spectral analyses, so it's not nearly as easy to hear what's going on. You can't just hear the pitch content like we did in partials. There's multiple things going on, and I think that's very normal for a composer. There's only so long you can, you can riff on the major chord <laughs> before you, uh, you want to move on. I also want to read uh, some program notes that I tracked down by Bruce Hodges about the piece, because I think uh, they're pretty nice. He says, Talia's power comes from its examination and illumination of an overtone cycle a phenomenon integral to Grisset's output. Somehow, when one hears the ensemble, flute, clarinet, violin, cello, and piano, illuminating Grisset's argument, it feels like being exposed to one of life's basic building blocks, like grasping at DNA and holding it in your hands.
listen to an excerpt of Talia, a piece by French composer Gérard Grisset, part of the Spectral Movement, performed for us there by Ensemble Recherche. I'm going to move up quite a bit now to a piece that uh, Grisset wrote, uh, one of the last pieces that he wrote right before the end of his life. This is from 1995. It's called Vortex Temporum. And what's interesting here is that, um, again, you, you can only get so far with the major chord. And so what, what Griset has started to do with, with his spectral analyses is to start to write music based on higher and higher and higher partials. And the higher you go in the overtone series, the closer the pitches are together. Now, he's not going to only play them where, where they naturally would appear, which would be stunningly high in, in most cases. He's going to go ahead and transpose them down to a normal range. But nonetheless, he is still using this mathematical analysis to derive the pitch content. Also kind of interesting is that uh, he says there's a quote from Ravel's Daphnis and Chloe here, which is true. And I, I think that, you know, again, if you go high up enough in the harmonic series, you're going to be able to get the pitches that you want. So Griset is able to be true to his roots as a spectralist and also pay homage to an earlier French composer, Ravel, somebody who also spent a lot of time thinking about sound color and timbre. So let's have a listen now to an excerpt of Vortex Temporum.
Ensemble Recherche performing Vortex Temporum, a piece by Gerard Grisset. And again, this demonstrates the ongoing evolution of spectral music. And um, actually, Grisset and a lot of the spectral composers did not like that term because they were really thinking about timbre. And what they liked about these analyses was that it, it allowed them to focus on timbre. In fact, Grisset said spectral music is more an attitude to sound rather than an aesthetic. Um, I think that that is starting to become clear. Unfortunately, Grisset died in 1998 of a brain aneurysm, and he was only 52 years old. So I think we would have been able to see the way that he would have evolved and how this attitude would have evolved. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show that features the music of contemporary composers. On today's show, we're listening to music by Gerard Grisey and Tristan Murai, two composers in the Spectral School of Composition. You can find out more information about Relevant Tones on our website, relevanttones.com, on Facebook. And if you're listening to the show and are a Twitter user, you can tweet about the show with the hashtag RelevantTones. Let's turn now to the music of Tristan Murai, a composer who's very much still alive, in fact, who has been teaching here in the United States at Columbia University since 1997. Murai studied with Messiaen in the 70s, and then he moved on to IRCOM, the great institute founded by Pierre Boulez. So we have another composer very interested in sound, very interested in um, what the spectral analysis can give him, which is a a new approach to composition that is very tamper-based, again, more of an attitude than than an aesthetic. And in Murai, we do have a composer who strays from the spectral aesthetic quite a bit. Not all of his pieces are in the spectral style. Uh, We had a piece earlier by Grisset in which he paid homage to Ravel. Let's listen to a piece now by Murai in which he pays homage to his teacher, Messiaen, performed for us by Marilyn Nankin.
Can one still write for the piano today? Through the 19th century and to the beginning of the 20th, it was the emblematic instrument, the composer's confidant. But has it survived the array of tortures inflicted upon it by the end of the 20th century? After the clusters of Henry Cowell, the preparations of John Cage, the ornithological percussions of Messiaen, the electrified mantras of Stockhausen, and the various scrapings and pinchings of strings, what space is left to the imagination? Tristan Murai talking about writing for the piano in this postmodern age of ours. We just heard his piece, In Memoriam Olivier Messiaen, performed by Marilyn Nankin. Let's go now to a much larger piece that he wrote for orchestra called Gondwana, very much considered one of his most notable pieces, a very seminal piece for him in the spectral style. I do want to read Murai's description of Gondwana because I think it's quite interestingly convoluted. Um, he says that uh, Gondwana is, uh, uses a simulated synthesis to create a harmonic interpolation between an orchestrally synthesized chord derived from a simulated bell sound. Okay, you got all that? <laughs> That's one spectral analysis there. A harmonic interpolation of an orchestrally synthesized chord derived from a simulated bell. And the second analysis is a chord derived from a trombone sound. And he's going to manipulate those two different spectral analyses to evoke the shifting of continents. Let's have a listen to an excerpt of Gondwana by Tristan Murai.
We just listened to an excerpt of Gondwana by composer Tristan Murai, performed for us by the National Orchestra of Radio France, Yves Prin conducting. I think he does a very nice job of using what really could be a very dry and academic approach to music composition to create a piece that is alive and very, very colorful. And again, I just love the idea of the shifting continents, and there is something very primordial in the sound there. This fascination with nature is something that, that uh, goes on and on in Murai's works. And actually, as he goes forward, he doesn't use the, the mathematical analyses as much. He's done quite a few pieces that are not in this spectral style. I want to have a listen to a much later piece. This is a chamber music piece called Winter Fragments. Here, the spectral analysis is not so much a uh, driving force, but he's very interested in nature, using this idea of winter to conjure up, again, color and the timbre in the sound, in this case, a kind of colder timbre. Let's have a listen to an excerpt of Winter Fragments.
An excerpt from Winter Fragments by Tristan Mirai, performed for us by the Argento Chamber Ensemble. I'm going to read a great quote from his website about the piece. He says, The lake in front of our house was frozen over, and there were 60 centimeters of snow all around. For the most part, the sun shone brightly, and its intense light bathed the house, which is open to nature all around. Sometimes a violent storm would arise, followed by silence, and the blinding light would come back. Perhaps the fragments of winter are there. There's a very clear starkness to the sound, I think, here. And uh, the the electronics that that are present add to that. There's an economy of gesture and and a kind of, I I think, I do think frozenness of sound there. I think he's done a really great job of evoking um, this, this winter scene. Artists of all kinds are always, they're they're intrinsically restless people, always looking to push the boundaries, to do something new and different. And the spectral movement is really just another outgrowth of that. Composers who uh, heard what was happening around them and then wanted to go into a different direction. They didn't want to be serialists, neither did they want to be minimalists, and uh, but they didn't want to write in, in in the style of the past either. And so they they found this this way of, of uh, incorporating mathematical analyses and uh, utilizing them in I think very creative and interesting ways. I hope that you enjoyed listening to the music as much as I have, and I hope that you'll tune into Relevant Tones next week. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders at WFMT, with special thanks to Molly Hunt. For more information about the program and the artists we featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, Carol Joins and Abby O'Neill, an anonymous donor and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm your host, Seth Bosted, and thank you very much for listening.